Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Yo, what's up, everybody? Thank you guys for tuning in again here to another episode of the Check-In with Black Menswear. Yo, I'm super excited today to have my guy Marcus Barney, him 500, joining us today here on the Check-In. Marcus, man, welcome, brother. Man, I appreciate you having me. I'm happy to be here. Man, now, you know, I, I always got to do this. I open the same way and people get tired of me saying that, right? I got to let you get your own introduction because I always feel as though... I'm going to do it just to not the right service, right? I'm going to do a little disservice to it. So, man, if somebody was like, yo, Marcus Barney is who, you would be like, Marcus Barney is what? Marcus Barney is a father before anything. Marcus Barney is a father first, a husband, a son, a philanthropist, a business owner, and then a community leader. So, you know, on my side, I lead the community when it comes to financial literacy, um, but I also lead my family when it comes to building wealth and changing the mindset narrative of, you know, what we look like and who we are and how we describe ourselves. So sure. before anything else, I would say, you know, just as, a, as an all around leader um, and being a leader that starts with being a good dad, that starts with being a great husband, um, starts with being an excellent son, being a steward, listening to my parents and, you know, just following uh, the road that was led out for me to live you know, but by my parents, by God. So M500 is a father, a husband, um, you know, a son, uh, philanthropist, community leader, you know, owner of Recession Proof uh, Financial Literacy, um, now is EYL University, powered by Recession Proof, um, have helped uh, educate over 20,000 members in my community wow. and having educated for free online, um, well over 2 million people for free. Well, and, and we're going to dive all into that, man, because I love what you're doing from a financial literacy perspective, right? Because uh, I just I just retired from corporate, bro. I just retired from corporate, so we're going all in on this mission. And my background is in financial services, right? So I did uh, um, uh, life insurance for the last 10 years, right? And the thing that I, I learned so quickly was like, man, this is information that the only reason why I know it is because I'm trained to sell it. I was like, before that, I had no idea, right? For you, yeah. like, what was the turning point where you were like, yo, this information out here needs to be given to our community? Um, for me, is exactly what you said. I worked for Wells Fargo, right? And I assumed that being a personal banker, you know, I was going to learn the banking system and really learn how it worked. But what I learned was how to sell. I learned how to sell bank products. I learned how to sell checking accounts. I learned how to sell, you know, um, retirement accounts and things right. like that. Right? 
that's all I learned. I didn't learn the banking system. I didn't learn anything new. What I did learn just on my own, like I started self-teaching myself, figuring out, well, how can people properly benefit from this? Like, what's their actual benefit? In order for me to sell you a product, I have to sell you on the benefits and perks. And right. the benefits and perks they were leading with, I'm like, yo, this don't even make sense. People right. can't really benefit off of it. Right. So you start to look at like the perks and the benefits and what this bank was like uh, primarily focused on. And at the time, you know, we were focused heavy trying to go into the mortgages. And so at that point, that's one of the things that I kind of started leading. And then I'm looking at people's credit reports, realizing, OK, you don't qualify and you're yeah. getting denied. You can't acquire and qualify for a mortgage because X, Y and Z. So now I'm outside looking at resources to help better my job by saying, hey, this is what you need to qualify for a mortgage. And so it just I just went down a rabbit hole and then always been an entrepreneur. Um, I started learning that my business was failing because I didn't have financial backing. I didn't have a trust fund. I didn't have a credit card. So since I didn't have those things and when I ran through my savings account and the amount of cash that I was able to save, if you ain't got no more capital, you don't got no more business. Right. And so right. I started thinking, okay, let me actually build my credit and make it more beneficial to than just having a good credit score going by in the house. Like, what are the other perks and benefits from having good credit? And so that kind of led me into where I am today. And so it, it sounded like it was a mission, man. It sounded like it was something that God placed on you because you were in those circumstances and situations where it's like, dang, I wish I could help you, but there's nothing I can do right now because you, you're not prepared to be where you want to go right now, right? Am I hearing you right? Hundred percent. So, as a as a uh, someone going now, you, you're self teaching yourself from an educational perspective. Then you're now passing this knowledge on to your community. Man, at, at what point did it really take off? Because I remember, I say, I, I know you and I've been connected on the on on online for a minute. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and I, man, I'm gonna be honest, man. Shoot, probably this last thirty six months for you. I'm, it's been a blessing for me to see it. You know what I mean? But like for you, at what point did it really like click and really take off? Um, When you say click and take off, we got to be specific. Let's see. Okay. When you say take off, like in what aspect? Like notoriety? We talking financially? That's no, that's, okay. a good, that's a good point. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking a notoriety perspective to when it's like, oh, he's the expert I got to go to and get this knowledge from. So for me, it clicked on social um, when I started learning how to get my voice out there. Right. Mm. It, it really I'm going to take it back to 2018. I had an event. I was trying to do 500 people credit for free. Right. I said, yo, I'm going to do credit uh, repair. I'll help people clean their credit, 500 people for free. And you can imagine that it was called the Willie Lynch Project, right? Okay. Okay. Uh, so yeah. Reverse effect, the thing that we can't do something to, to for each other, you know, the Willie Lynch's, you know, make yeah. us fight and, and, and fight against each other. So it was like, nah, listen, I'm going to do something for us. So it was called the Willie Lynch Project. 14 people showed up. Yeah. That that notified me. That's when it clicked. That what you know, the benefit that you could be to society doesn't matter because you haven't figured out a way to let people know. Yeah. yeah. It's not, oh, man, people don't ever want to come and try and do something. They don't want better. No, 
you haven't figured out a way to allow people to know your strong points and what you have to offer to society. It's a great point. And so at that point, I realized, okay, I need to spread my message more. I need to do a better job at spreading my message. I need to do a better job at spreading education. I need to do a better job of educating my people and letting them know these are these are things that are possible. These are the benefits, and this is how you know we can really go to the next level. And at that point, that's when it clicked. So by 2019, I had another event. 2019, my event, I had uh, probably about roughly a hundred people there. And my 2020 event, I had about 3,000 people, 2,000 yeah. people. Yeah. Then I went to Miami. We had about 3,500 people. There. Yeah. 2021. Then 2022, we got 5,000 people in Las Vegas. Yeah. 2023, we're going to Madison Square Garden and we're going 15,000. Yeah. So it clicked when I realized that I wasn't doing a great job at putting my message out there. Mm. And that's when I started putting the message out and, and, and really broadcasting more and making sure I was seen, making sure I was heard in every facet in any way I can to kind of just get the message out there for my people to really gravitate towards me. Smart, strategic, right? To your point, if you yelling in the closet, can't nobody hear you. You know what I'm saying? Person, you get that megaphone, go outside. Now it's like, okay, what's this guy talking about? So having that mindset of, and to your point, I love how you address it. It's not that it's not that people didn't want to come to what you had. They just didn't know that you were offering that, right? And now that you let them know that you're offering it, like you said, you go from, you know, 15 to 100 to 2,000 to 3,500 to 5,000. Like, yes, that compound. And now now y'all got, I mean, bro, y'all got fans, and I call them true fans, right? You know, understanding the concept of people that really understand what you're doing and really ride ride for you. I mean, y'all are y'all are doing an amazing job. Uh, and now you you know you've partnered with uh, EYL, right? So how did how- if you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At participating McDonald's, how did how did how did that that relationship kind of come about? So with that, it was. Um... I, having a conversation, um, we've always maintained a good relationship. We always, you know, from the beginning of time and then being a media uh, company, we just was able to, we always had conversations and was just breaking down to me, like the power of relationships. And it wasn't a standpoint of like us trying to put something together. We was just genuinely having a conversation. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Rashad was explaining to me like, yo, he was laying out things that, you know, go on in the culture and how collaborations, you know, help. Yeah. Out. And then that's when, you know, it was like, well, y'all doing with the education side. Right. Versus I got this. And I know for me, you know, I always focus on myself is that I look at it and go, uh, media component is super necessary in any business. You have to have a media component. You have to have a presence. And I look at myself and I go, well, I've been able to do a great job leading up to here, building out my education platform. 
But to go to the next level and to make this platform grow, I have to have a bigger media presence. So do I want to go and tackle media and have to try to create this big media presence around myself? Or do I partner and collaborate with somebody who already has a great media component? And then I can double down and focus on the educational system and the educational portion of the business and make that 10 times better. Right. And really help take that to the next level to make a great product. So, and that's a lot of times people get caught in the sense of, do I want the clout or do I want great product? Right. See, some people have an okay product, but if it brings them attention, they'll go chase the attention. My thing is that I want a great product. I want yeah. a great service. I want something that people can be proud to say they're a part of. That's my biggest thing. So it just made sense to put the partnership there and really bring that together. No, that is Strategic alignment, man. Strategic alignment. And I love the the aspect of relationships because a lot of times people try, you know, they try to do everything themselves. They try and, you know, then they get upset and frustrated and everything fall apart because we don't allow ourselves to utilize our resources. Right. That's why we have networks because networks say, okay, you know, to your point, I'm not going to go into it directly. Like, what can I do for you? What can you do for me? But let me establish a true relationship with somebody. And then when it comes time and they thinking about you know, I want to expand and do this. Shoot, I got to call Marcus. Like, he the perfect person for us to do this. So to be able to really put yourself in those positions does take somebody, like, putting yourself out there, networking and building relationships. Uh, and then being ready, to, you know, being ready when when, when you're called upon. Uh, I, and and, and I, I, I've watched you as well, bro, as these last couple of years have come about, man. How much weight have you dropped, bro? Well, I'm down probably uh, about 100 pounds. 100 pounds. How you feel? I feel good. Like, you know, I feel good. I'm blessed. Like, that's the best thing is that I feel good. I'm able to enjoy life. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's menswear. So, you know, I can, I can go buy stuff off the rack now. Like, it's different. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Custom shopping. You know, I can get on roller coasters with my kids. Like, these are the things that matter a lot more that, you know, it's just things that I can really enjoy in life now like and i and i feel better you know what i mean i know i I got more time on earth i know i got more time here um and so that's some of the key things and principles around that is like it ain't business it ain't marketing is is like yo it's life yeah i really enjoy and feel better about life i i spend the time and quality time i spend my kids is better you know what i mean and so that's really my main my main thing that I'm focused on and I'm thankful for and the biggest thing that I feel is like, yo, the ability to spend more better quality time, you know, with my wife and with my kids. Man, I gotta ask you, you know what I'm saying? I I'm married. I got two kids. One of the yeah. best things that ever happened to me was marrying my wife. You know what I'm saying? I you know I gotta I gotta ask you that question, bro. Being a, a, a king with a queen, man, how how important uh is how important is your wife to your life and to your business? Um, it, it it is my life and my business. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's not an important aspect into it. It's, this this business is something we created. It don't exist without without my partnership. Uh, the life that I've created, it doesn't exist. So it's something that we was able to, you know, is is it's the contribution into the equation. And you know, you guys just get to see the the outcome of it. So when you look yeah. and say like the importance of the business, the business does not exist you know, without the two components in the equation that created that, you know what I mean? So this life that I live, you know, it's two components, you know, that came together to create this. So it's it's super important, you know, on my side, like 
I understand that the things that I'm strong at, I understand that I, I perfectly, I picked and, and aligned with somebody who was strong at what I was weak at. And yeah. I was strong, you know, in yeah. her absence. And so that was some of the things, that was some of the things that I think um, I was intentional. I didn't get married on accident. I didn't get married strictly out of love. I got married out of love. I got married out of companionship. I got married out of the way that we can actually come together and how our union works together. Like yeah. the compliment to each other, like, you know, and so when I was looking for somebody to date, I wasn't looking to date anybody off of superficial reasons. I was looking to date somebody who can actually compliment me and was my counterpart. Like, yeah. One of the things I pride myself on is being able to think. And so I always like to think. And one of the things that my wife is that she asks questions that make me think. We have mm-hmm. communication. That makes me yeah. think. So getting into that is that we always had a thinking relationship. Uh, we can think that we, we make each other think about things, asking questions. Does this make sense? How, how you look at this? And the way she can propose questions will make me think outside the box. So as we built our business, it was always like, you know, tick for tax. That's that balance, man. That's that balance. I I, I appreciate that perspective on it. Cause I think from a from a love perspective, a lot of people, to your point, get lost in the superficial aspect of it. But you got to have balance, right? You got to challenge me in areas that I'm weak, and I'm gonna challenge you in areas that you weak. But it shouldn't be like I'm not challenging you to call you out, right? I'm not challenging you to diminish you. I'm challenging you so we can grow and grow together. And so I I really appreciate how you guys have taken that on. Um, yeah. you know, in, in, in your relationship. Now you, you brought up also being a child and a father earlier when you opened up, man, I saw you recently, you took, you took your moms to Paris for new years or the family, uh, to Paris for new years, man. How, how, you know, and I, Christmas okay, okay. Christmas in Paris, Christmas in Paris, man. How, how did, again, I kind of come back to how does it make you feel to be able to, to do that? You know what I'm saying? The work that you're doing is paying off to where now you can reap the benefits of it. Right. Yeah. So, you know, man, is that you realize how much you don't know. I realized in my life that I grew up in a, in a small environment. I grew up in Stockton, California. And I thought if I moved to Spanos, my whole life would change. And that's literally three miles away. I, I come from a small city. So I'm thinking three, three to five miles away, it's a whole nother life from the, the projects that I come from. Yeah. And so what I realized is that three to five miles away, it's a whole nother life. Then I moved to Atlanta and I realized it's a whole nother world over here. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, now like, you know, yeah, you got to get outside. Like that was my thing. Yo, you got to get outside to really know the world and you see how yeah. much you don't know. And I was like, I live in Atlanta. I'm going to New York. And it was like the most charismatic cool people you'll ever see with people they're comfortable with. Yeah. If they don't know you, we just got a leak screen. I don't know what happened. My camera. My camera. We good? Yeah. If they don't know you, they don't speak to you. And so in New York, I'm like, I see the way they can embrace each other, but they don't speak to you. It's a rude it's yeah. like, it's a whole, this is a whole nother world. And so now, you know, I, I've been able to explore the United States, but exploring the world now. 
yeah. is the biggest benefit because you really get to see other cultures. Yeah. Like it's like we ain't got nothing in common. Yeah. And you get to realize like our government, our our traumas, you know, our upbringings is nothing like yours. Yeah. Our customs is nothing like yours. And you start to realize how much you don't know. Like my biggest benefit, like when we go there, is like the exposure to things that we're unaware of, things that we don't know and get to really see like, you know, the United States, but it's things like that happen in the United States that are not tolerated in other places. Right. And that are not, you know, regular or custom and things that, and so you just, my biggest thing is that I like to explore that and be able to expose my family to it. Of course, seeing uh, the Eiffel. Who needs an alarm in the morning? When McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles. And a breakfast cutoff. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Tower, being able to take my mom over um, to see the Mona Lisa and just, you know, experience how to create those moments and memories. But the biggest thing is that we're exploring the world and expanding as individuals. Yeah. Being able to grow and being able to provide those opportunities mean more than anything. And I lead, that's why I lead by example and I say, yo, I want to take my community from here and expose them to the world. So when I go to these countries, I'm also building relationships. And so that way I can expand and go and create business in Africa, go and create business in Europe, go and create business in Europe. I mean, in uh, Dubai. And so that's my main thing is that it's amazing for me to be able to go with Ben Christmas, create these memories. But the biggest part is how I get to internally grow and what I get to learn about how much I don't know and how much I haven't been exposed to yet. Uh, and, and this thing called life, you know, we only get one of them, but it's a big world for us to play in. And, you know, we can't contain ourselves to this one box or one community. Like I've known too many people who died in one community, yeah. let alone they didn't even get to travel the country. So I want to really take people to be able to like, yo, let's travel the world. Like how many people can I impact worldly and yeah. bring our together to really build around this financial literacy movement man it's it's i i grew up military right my dad was in the military um he was a marine and so as a young child i spent a lot of time moving you know to your point right uh and i understand i understand exactly what you're saying is when you start seeing other places and you're like okay well shoot i was in this box before now i'm over here and they're different now I'm over here and they're different. And then you really start to, to your point, appreciate the different cultures. And then like now I'm kind of reciprocating that with my sons. Right. So you know, when we went to, we went to Paris, um, uh, last 2021 for Thanksgiving, we did a flash mob out there, brought them, you know, saying brought the boys out there. And you know, that was the first time I took them international and they were like, Oh, daddy. Every year we got to go international. I was like, okay. So last year took them to Toronto. Um, yep. Trying to figure out this year, 2023, we got a London flash mob. I'm trying to kick it with my wife a little bit because that's our 10-year anniversary. So I might have to lead the boys stateside for that one. Uh, or maybe we can figure out something that they come late, like at the end of the trip, so they can at least go and experience London. <laughs> so. My idea was I took mine for Christmas, uh-huh. but my anniversary is on New Year's. Okay. Eve. So they went home early and then we went off and went to Venice for New Year's and okay. yeah. anniversary. 
And so, nah, you're 100% right. You got to figure out a way to split the two to make <laughs> yeah. it make sense. Like, we're going to enjoy us, but then we also will get this family time in. For sure, for sure. Now, yeah, man, thinking about, thinking about your whole journey, bro, right? What's mm-hmm. What would you say one of the hardest obstacles you had to overcome um, that got you to where you are today? One of those pivotal moment, moments where it was like, oh, I look back on my life, that moment that really changed things for me. Um, looking back on my life, a moment that changed things for me. Really, the 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 pivotal moment is is understanding the importance of credit in business. Mm. Like, just because I've built so much success from around it, mm-hmm. right? Um, that was one moment that was super pivotal. And then another one is when I can say I realized that going into entrepreneurship is not an easy journey. Like, yeah. yeah. And I remember I realized that it's nothing I'm not willing to do. Like I remember raking leaves. I remember selling sneakers, you know, and at that point you realize that not in the moment. I didn't, I can't say I realized it in that moment in 2009, 2010, I can't say that I, I recognized Man, being willing to go rake leaves, going willing to, to clean gutters, being willing to drive all around Atlanta and sell sneakers uh, will help you develop you into a better entrepreneur. Yeah. But what it did was, I look back now and say one of the pivotal moments was developing and establishing my work ethic. At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting Black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Yeah. And even though I was developing and establishing a work ethic, I didn't know I was developing a, a billion-dollar work ethic, making thousands of dollars. Right. But the work ethic was what was going to bring me a check later. The work ethic is what has, has continued to, to push me through. And I was instilled when I was making hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars. You know, a $300 day was amazing for me. Yeah. You know? And so now to get to where I'm at, uh, I look back at the pivotal moment and go, like, that moment, the moments that you develop a skill set or something that's going to quantify over years and that's going to help you qualify and carry you through to where you really want to go. Like it, it wasn't a, a million dollar idea. It wasn't a billion dollar idea that got me here. It was the work ethic that I had when I was willing to, you know, drive all around Atlanta, when I was willing to get on Craigslist and find odd jobs and do whatever it needed to do to get the bills paid and stack as much money as I possibly can. I, you know, I'm still willing to rake leaves. I'm still willing to clean gutters. And I got five, seven, seven thousand dollars saved. I'm willing to go still do the odd jobs. I'm willing to do it every single day, go sell shoes because I'm trying to figure out like, how can I stack to, to make a, a to stack a hundred thousand. Right. I may be looking at the hundred thousand dollar goal at that time, but the work ethic was compounding. Right. When things got hard, when, you know, my back got put against the wall, when I made mistakes and fell on hard times, when I made mistakes and put myself in bad positions, my work ethic never, 
never changed. It, it yeah. never wavered. It just continued to go. Yeah. And so that's the things I say, like, even today, you know, when I go through things, no matter what, what I go through, my work ethic will always outshine any obstacle that can be put in my way. Yeah. So the moment is like when you ain't getting paid for the work you putting in or the work that you put in doesn't replicate the amount of money that comes back to it. It doesn't, you know, the reward that comes back from the work that you put in. It's not the same. I'm putting in 10 times as much work, but, you know, the pay don't equate. Right. Right. That's to your point, man. Work ethic. That's that's one of those things that to get you through them tough times because you're like, all right, I know I'm supposed to this. It's supposed to be done this way. So I'm going to do it this way. I ain't going to take no shortcuts. You know, I'm going to do it that way because I got this foundation to stand upon. And that really drives you and continue to drive you and continue to drive you. Then it then it starts to 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 you see you see the 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 benefits of doing the right thing. I like to say like that, that work ethic, because basically that work ethic is like you're going to do the right thing when ain't nobody watching. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to still do it. I'm going to do it the way it's supposed to be done. You know, I'm, I'm going to lift the standard and elevate the standard and set a standard that I'm not going to, I'm not going to do anything less than this mm-hmm. to where you do that over and over consistently. It, God's going to bless you. It's going to pay off in that, in that regard because you're doing the right thing. Right. I, yeah. I, I, I definitely hear you, hear you on that. Now, what would you say is the best piece of advice or one of the best pieces of advice you've ever been given uh, over your lifetime? Eric Thomas told me if you got something that can change somebody else's life and you don't share, you're selfish. Mm. So if That's you figured good. out something that can impact your family and you don't share it with the next man, you're selfish. The reason I say that was the best piece of advice is because that's what birthed this whole movement. Yeah, yeah. It birthed me educating other people. I didn't. I didn't care to tell nobody what I was doing for money. I didn't care to let nobody know this is how I was making money. I didn't. I. I grew up with if you got something that's working, don't tell nobody because they gonna mess it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the hands down best piece of advice I ever got was when Eric Thomas, my mentor, told me that, and that it, it changed the world for me because I started looking at my brothers differently. I started looking at my sisters differently. I started looking at the community differently and I started being willing to come out and share advice. I started be, you know, becoming willing to come out and talk. If not, I wouldn't be doing this. Like I wouldn't come in here and tell you like, yo, some of y'all out there grinding right now ain't making the money that you, you, you want to make. But the work ethic that you being willing to do something that you're not happy doing is what's going to realistically write you the check later. Yeah. Let people see, like, nah, go chase the million dollar play. Like, go, 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 go for the NBA contract. Like, just run that race. Like, I know that that doesn't work. Yeah. Entrepreneurship is something. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. That can work for anybody. Yeah. And it can work for the the duration of your life and it doesn't have an expiration date. So I know that. And it doesn't come with waves. It comes with reinnovation. Like you can re-innovate yourself. You can always create a new business model. You can create a new business. You can create new companies. You can create, you switch over to different industries. It doesn't expire. Yeah. But I realize that. And a lot of people don't tell us that. You can only be an athlete for so long. Your bones right. and joints, injury gonna take right. you out. Right. If you went to 
you know, artistry. You only hot for so long. You can only sizzle and be be hot as an entertainer for so long. Sure. You master business. This it's it's for life. You can't take it back. For sure. For sure. Now that's a, that's 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 a great statement. Um, which also leads me to another point. As you were as you were said that you brought up. <clears throat> doing it and building something also for your family or that you can, that you, your family can benefit from or other people can benefit from. There's a conversation that's going around right now around nepotism, right? Uh, they're focusing and the focus of it was like, um, it, I just saw this on TikTok, but this dude was talking about like, people are mad at uh, the family behind LVMH. And it's like, well, you know, because of me being the CEO of this company, I think the dude just came, became the rich, the wealthiest person in the world. Uh, knocked out Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk. Um, but they were like, oh man, well, he's giving everything to his kids. And I'm like, shit, if I had the, if I had the ability to, I'm going to put my kids as the CEO of this company, the CEO of that company, the CFO of that company. Like, why wouldn't I? But I see, I see our approach from it is because we're disadvantaged, right? We don't have, we, or we've historically been disadvantaged to where, well, yeah, they're in the race a little bit further ahead of us, but I'm looking, I'm looking at it like, well, dang, okay, now we in different situations and circumstances. I do control the reins of how this thing goes here. Cause I do want to be able to say like, yeah, cause of my last name, you got that door open for you. <laughs> like that for me, I'm like, that's not a problem. Even though I see why we're in an uproar because we haven't had, you know, the hundreds of years of, of ability to kind of build that momentum, but we got it now. Right. Like let's start from here. Let's not start from yesterday. Like let's start from here and build that. What's your thoughts on that on that on that that conversation going on? It's it's, it's a two part. Um, the part about putting your family in power and empowering yours that come from you is because I'm not familiar with it, so I'm only going to re- responding to what you said. I'm yeah. not familiar with the conversation and all the yeah. details. Yeah. So I won't hold me against it. If I'm speaking wrong. I'm only in response to the the information that you relate to me. When it comes to passing things down, we build it for our last. We all have the ability to build something for our last name and build something for our children. That's what we all in it for. Yeah. So I would see an issue with that. Where I see an issue with is that analyzing and judging somebody else is 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 the reason why we can't get ahead. Yeah. I've never seen anybody critique like LeBron can't go and be a critic of the NBA while playing in the NBA. See, he can't yeah. be a critic. A Skip Bayless could never go and compete with a LeBron, but he can be a, a, a critic. Yeah, he'll never understand how to play the game. He'll never get a ring. Mm. His his criticism will never get him a ring. His criticism will never get him to pass Wilt Chamberlain. His criticism will right. never, you know, his critiques. Let's not even say criticism. His critiques, right, will never get him on the top 10 greatest basketball players of all times list. He'll never be in the Hall of Fame yeah. or just by being a critic, right? Sure. So being a critic does not get you there. Being an actual active competitor will get you into the races to have co- these conversations and to yeah. actually compete. Yeah. So I say I'm not worried about, like, congratulations on your business. Yeah. But I'm a competitor. And if we had more competitor versus critiquers, we would be able to get further along and into the races and into the competitions. Sure. Let's, let's start competing as, as a whole and let's get our competitors to where 
it's not what where when we get a Yeezy that comes about, when we get a um uh my brother that passed away, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm uh blanking. Virgil. Virgil, right? Let's start to embrace our 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 designers who are actually in position to compete. Now let's put the power behind them and let's realize and do it. We're doing it for competitive reasons. Like, you know, oh man, they doing layups. That's okay. We got to shoot three pointers at this point in the game. Yeah. We don't have the ability to, to go and do what they're doing. We have to do more. Yeah. And we just got to be competitive and get the competitive nature into us about building ourselves up and not get into the mode of critiquing. I'm not looking to study what other people are doing and critique. I'm looking to compete. Yeah. So we have to compete as a culture. How do we compete by going nationwide? How do we compete? I mean, by going worldwide. How do we compete by going out and spreading? Like people want to critique from a a standard, simple, compelled, like an easy way out. People comfortable sitting in a home having an opinion and you ask them, well, what are you doing to offset the wealth that we've put? Because we spent the money with them. Right. We've contributed <laughs> Right. To his wealth. Right. So, oh man, you know, I support black businesses. Listen, this, how do you support black businesses? Oh, I go and I patronize black businesses. That's a start. But where do you, what, what's the major contribution to the competition that you're making? Mm. Like, are, where do we go for factories? Where do we go for networks? Like, what are you doing to compel, like, the, on the, on the large scale? Don't say I spent $20, $30 with blacks and I spent the other, thousand dollars right. that can't right. compete that, right. that doesn't compare instead figure out where the majority of your money goes and figure out how can you contribute to, to building that industry you don't have to be the person to go build the warehouses to build a, a fashion institute but can you be a person who starts to just do work on being independent and creating your own business in some way somehow and making it cool to have our own companies and our own economic stimulation amongst ourselves like mm-hmm. what are you like not I work for the for this person and I get a couple of dollars from over here and I, I stay in poverty. Like, are you getting out of poverty? Are you in a good financial situation? Like, do, are you leading by example? Are you waiting till your kids turn 18 to tell them they got to get out? Or are you t- teaching your kids at 12 years old right. financial literacy that they so that way they don't make the mistakes at 18 and, and be screwed up till 25? Yeah. Like, are we offsetting that? Like, what are we doing for our whole like? Not just in business, but our whole community. Like, what examples are we leading for our children? Like, yeah. cool, I went in in support of like business. That's amazing. But the, the children that come from behind you, are you actually learning and educating yourself so you know you can teach them? Like, yeah. I always say, yo, more is going to be caught than it's taught. You can say whatever you want. You can read the book and say this is what we need to do, but more is caught than it's taught. So the actions that you lead by is going to always offset that. And so that's one of the things I will all, I always challenge people like, yo, listen, and it leads by the next generation. Like we're in an education stance, like our education, I mean, our generation is education prone. We're making yeah. it cool to learn. Yeah. We're making it cool to be smart. And so now as we're making it cool to be smart, are we really digesting the information and let's pass it down to our kids six years early, eight years yeah. early. Yeah. So they're not making mistakes at 18 because Example I give is that we got between 18, between 20 and 60 is about our only life expect our, our lifespan to enjoy life and build a life that we're happy with. 
Right. Eight, 20 to 60. That's only 40 years. Right. Eight, one through 18, you dependent on somebody else. Right. 60, you become dependent on somebody else. Right. So 40 years, which seems like long, but it's it not a long time. <laughs> yeah. And at that point, you realize, well, if your clock going to start ticking at 18, 20 years old, and you're going to make financial mistakes in, in, in all these lessons between 20 and 25, by the time you're 27, you start to realize the importance of credit. You start to realize the importance of uh, money management. You start to realize the importance of taking care of you know your household. You start trying to correct that. It's going to take you to 32, 33 years old. Right. Now, by the time you're 35, you get into your prime of like, I understand. Now right. I'm living right. Well, now you're living right and get it right. You're 40 years old. Right. Right. But in that meantime, you didn't have kids. So the kid you had at 27 got a total different parent from the one at 32. Right. And you had another one at 36. So you got three different kids that got three different versions of their parents. Yeah. And now, since they got three different versions of their parents, we're going to get three different outcomes of the people you created into society. Mm. So that youngest one got the best version of you because you was more mature. Right. But now you only got 20 something years to live in your. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say this is ludicrous, but that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim. Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Your excellent stage. Right. right. Meanwhile, if somebody would have taught you at 12, you would have been in your excellent stage by the time you was 25. Yeah. Yeah. Which would then enhance your children, which then will enhance the, the parent you were to the first one, the second one, and third one, you got better productive kids out there in the world. You've created a better environment. You've created a better community and better, you know, uh, contributors to our community. And guess what they'll do? They'll re- replicate and do the same. Yeah. And we start to do it at an earlier age and don't wait till we can't get it right in our community till we're 35. Right. right. So, right. You know, on, on, on that side of it, it's just like, yo, like, let's compete. Like, let's get into the mindset of competing, not critiquing. I like that, bro. I, I I really like that. I love the breakdown and the understanding of it, especially from the time frame, right? Your life expectancy, overall, your lifespan is this. To your point, once you factor in your baby years and your, your, your elderly years, you're looking at a window of here to really enjoy life. But if you can't get it right until it's this much time, well, shoot, now you got 10 years to really enjoy your life before you start depending on somebody else again. And a lot of people don't think that way, man. They they, they really don't. Um, so, yeah, bro, I, I just – but it's so simple, right? You just made it so simple, and it's not okay. Yeah. Now it's on us because we know it. Now we got to do our part to make sure that our next generation knows it earlier, right? We always want – we want our kids to have more than we had. But, shoot, if I don't get it right till my kids are dang near grown – <laughs> it's like how, yeah. How, how am I going to be able to help to put them in a better position? Um, I, nah, you, you I misguided. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I misguided my children this whole way because I, I I did it wrong. I didn't know. And yeah. now we're in the age of like, yo. Now we're in the age that we understand peer to peer education. That's why we created the university. That's why yeah. we put 
seven chapters across the United States because we understand peer-to-peer education happens much faster. Right. Peer-to-peer experiences can get exchanged much faster than reading a book, going through a four-year, five-year degree, going through the college system, right? It's a four-year degree, but most people finish in five to six years. Right. And so now I got six years of education, and then I got to go out and learn experience. Now, alone, nothing wrong with college. There's nothing wrong with the traditional learning system. It's just, it's a, it's a time span that I have to learn. But right. if, if 18 is good because it allows you to mature. But then you look at the average age of people in college is 23 and older. Mm. Most people don't finish. They, they quit yeah. and then they come back. Yeah, right. They mature a little bit. Right. You know, and so, and in that mature stage, it's like, yo, you went out and figured out the world. You quit for a little bit. Then you realize you got to come back. And it's going... Your parents should have told you. Your parents should have helped you. Right. Your parents should have assisted you. Right. But the parents have been weak and the parents haven't been dedicated. The parents haven't been on point. So that's the reason why we haven't been able to really grow and really take it to that next level. Yeah. Man, you know? I, I love I love what you I love what you dropping, man. How can how can you know our audience out there listening to the check in? How can they tap into to learn more, hear more from you, hear more about the education and knowledge you're trying to impact our community with? So the best way, honestly, to do it is you know really connect with me on all socials uh, and him five hundred on Instagram, him five hundred uh, on YouTube, um, same on TikTok. But you know we have a platform that we created, EYL University, powered by Recession Proof. Uh, where we actually help people gain education, where we actually teach you about credit. We actually teach you about funding, how to go fund your own business. Uh, and then we give you 15, 16 different uh, business avenues that you can take, whether you want to go be an investor, whether you want to go into real estate, whether you want to go into home health care. Like I own ambulances. Most people don't know you can own ambulances. Uh, you know, jet brokering. I own a private jet. So people don't know that you can go into um, these different industries. And so what we've been able to do is create that platform of education, but we also realize that people don't want to sit and watch videos. So we created a learning, uh, an actual system where we have educators that educate and go live and teach the courses and teach the curriculums live. And now you don't have to sit there. You actually can get and be interactive with us where you can learn live. Um, yeah. Five days a week, we got live classes, and we also have 27 chapters across the United States, which is every metro city double um, across the United States, where you can actually get into a local chapter and have an accountability group of entrepreneurs in your area who are a part of the same system, a part of the same community, uh, and really just grow, take it to the next level. I love it, man. I, I Kudos to you, brother, for, again, not just critiquing. But getting in the game, uh, and now see, I, I heard you slide that in there. I got a private jet, you know. You just kind of, you know, <laughs> slid, slid that, you know, slid that off in there. But it's a, it's a, it's a, it's not that it's, and, and you did it in a way where it's not that I'm like lavishing over this jet I have. It's another revenue stream, you know, it's something that you can then I can take advantage of what I need to. But I'm also making making money off of it from other people as well. Uh, so y'all definitely tap into the university. Uh, tap into EYU University, powered by Recession Proof. Learn it again. Twenty-seven markets. I'm sure. 
I'm sure you're in one of those markets. I'm going to definitely tap in my dog on self, uh, tapping in and learning more, man. Marcus, bro, I appreciate you coming in, you know, to the check-in with Black Menswear. Uh, you know, I, you joked about it before we got on. I was like, I can't, I had to throw my, you know, throw my stuff on real quick before I got on there. I could just come off Black Menswear Network, not drippy. I, I see the drip, bro. Listen, I have to, I have to, you know, you got to respect the culture, you know, you, and that's, you set the tone, like you set the tone of, of how you want to be treated. You set the yeah. tone of the precedence. You set the tone of, of how you, you, you know, you are welcome and, and what your atmosphere looks like. Yeah. You set that tone. And I think we can set the tone for what African-Americans look like. We can set the yes, tone sir. for African-Americans, like when it comes to being educated, we don't always have to wear a suit, but we need to know how, and we need to have a community. When we want to, that we can actually be well represented. Thanks. And so you set the tone for that in our community of like, yo, like we we still got this. Like, don't understand like the dapper look is not it's not gone. Like we can put it on, we put it yeah. together, right? We still look good, and it ain't oh man, I don't wear suits unless I'm like a businessman. No, we can put this. We can we can we put can we can do it. Out of way, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and we do it the best, and yes, so. Sir. You know, I, I salute and, and, and you lead my example. So the example that you said is is not, you know, uh, unnoticed. And I, you know, it's not unnoticed. The world is unnoticed. Uh, so you just see what you're doing for our community, and I just want to salute you on that. That's how you know. I'm like, yo, when you hit me and say, yo, let's let's have a conversation. I'm like, listen, man, it'd be an honor. You know what I mean? It'll be an honor. So you know, I appreciate you having me, brother. Appreciate it. I appreciate you being on. Uh, I'm gonna have to shoot you the 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 2023 tour. See if you can Got pop it. up on us either in Vegas or Dallas or New York, London. We need to, we need to, when you in New York? What day is you in New York? Uh, New York, May 20th. I'll say we need to put you. We need to make figure out how we can collaborate and bring it together with the uh, with my Madison Square Garden event. Hey man, let's 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 yeah, let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk. Relationships, right? Relationships. They work. They work, bro. Well, again, appreciate you guys tapping into the check-in. If you like what you've heard, you got to share it with somebody. Marcus mentioned it. E.T. told him, if you got something and you hold it, that's just being selfish. So y'all got to share this with somebody else so they can hear the gems that are dropping. It can motivate them and inspire them to not just change themselves, but change their communities and change their environments. Uh, so, again, appreciate Marcus Barney. Appreciate y'all listening. Y'all be If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba ba ba. At participating McDonald's.